1: On a Thursday, on which the Premier League fixtures have been released, and we now know that Liverpool will start their season with a trip to Chelsea for the first Super Sunday of the season, a 4.30 kickoff on August 13th. Liverpool had petitioned the Premier League for that first game to be played away from home. There were some fake... Fixture lists going around yesterday. One of which had us going to Burnley for an early kickoff on a Saturday. One had us playing a 3pm kickoff away to Luton. But it turns out it is Chelsea. Our first home game will then be the following weekend, August 19th, against Bournemouth. So a favourable first home game. But we do have a difficult start to the season. We face Newcastle in our third game. Then we get Villa. Then Wolves. Then West Ham. Then Tottenham. October sees us host Everton. The home derby is first this year, which hasn't happened in a few years. We get Luton away in November, as well as Manchester City away. The Luton game is one I was looking forward to because Kenilworth Road. City away November 25th. We have a tough Christmas run. We have Arsenal at home just before Christmas. Burnley away on Boxing Day. And then Newcastle at home on the 30th. That Arsenal game comes after Manchester United at home. So it's United at home. Arsenal home. Burnley away. Newcastle home. Then the FA Cup weekend. And then we get Bournemouth away. We will face City at home on the 9th of March, and that will be followed by Everton away on the 16th of March. Our run in isn't too bad. From April through to the end of the season, Sheffield United at home, Manchester United away, Crystal Palace home, Fulham away, West Ham away. Spurs home, Villa away, Wolves home. So they're not too bad at all. When you look at the opening day fixtures, the first game of the season will be Burnley at home to Manchester City. The first early kickoff of a Saturday will be Arsenal home to Nottingham Forest. Then it's Bournemouth versus West Ham, Brighton-Luton, Everton-Fulham, Newcastle-Villa, Sheffield-United-Palace. They're all 3 p.m. kickoffs on that first Saturday. Then on the Sunday, Brentford versus Spurs, followed by Chelsea versus us. And then on the Monday night, it will be Manchester United versus Wolves. So it's a full weekend of games. And to be fair some decent games in there would have been good if one of those 3 p.m. Saturday games could get flexed to the 5.30 slot. So you would get an extra game on TV, but there's some decent games there. Newcastle Villa, probably the game of the weekend. That one should have been moved to 5.30 on the Saturday. That's a TV worthy game. Brentford Spurs will be good. Us versus Chelsea. You would expect that United, Arsenal and City will all win their first game. I think they'd all be very disappointed if they didn't. But we can only worry about ourselves. And unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be what people are doing right now, especially with the daily meltdowns. So yesterday's meltdown was about Nicola Barella. So Luke Edwards and Mike McGrath, who write for The Telegraph, published a story with the headline, Newcastle are closing in on a 50 million deal for Nicola Barella. Now, the wording of that was <clears throat> unusual, considering the player has not been approached. The teams are miles apart on valuation of the player. And it doesn't seem like a deal is in any way likely. Newcastle are just keen on the player. But that doesn't stop Liverpool fans losing their minds. If he's available for 50 million, we have to be in. Now look, I love Barella. And if he is available for 50 million, I would want us to be in. But the story made no sense. Especially when you read the actual words that were put into this article, which suggested that Barella would be their new number six, allowing Bruno Gomeric to play further up the field. Nicola Barella, to my knowledge, has never played as a six in his entire life. He certainly wouldn't play as a six for Newcastle. Certainly wouldn't play as a six in that Eddie Howe midfield. It also stated he would be a big upgrade on John Joe Shelby. Now, I think at this point in his career, John Joe is no longer a Premier League caliber player. So most midfielders that you could buy would be a significant upgrade on John Joe Shelby. But stylistically, him and Barella couldn't be any different. Stylistically, Bruno Gamerish is much closer to John Joe Shelby than Nicola Barella. So the fact that they are framing it as he'd be an option to play in the number six position and allow Gomeric to play further forward leads me to believe that either they haven't seen him play or that this is something that's been put out just to maybe throw people off the scent of what Newcastle are actually trying to do. I don't believe they'll get Barella. I think they want their fans and other clubs to believe they're being super ambitious. I think they're going to end up with James Madison, and it wouldn't surprise me if they got James Ward-Prowse as well. Eddie Howe does love himself a a bit of English. Um, The other name been linked to Scott McTominay. And that's who I actually, to be fair, that's who I think they'll get. I think McTominay and Madison is likely what they do. Now, they might not even get Madison because Tottenham are also very keen. And by all accounts, he would prefer the move to Tottenham, which is understandable. But I wouldn't put much stock in the idea of Barella going there even if they could agree a fee I don't think he would agree to that deal because getting him to leave Italy is going to be an enormous task especially considering he has talked multiple times about wanting to play for Inter for his entire career he obviously came there from Cagliari but he wants to finish his career at Inter or maybe go back to his to his home club He doesn't want to move. It would take a big, big push for a club to convince him to move. And I just don't see it being Newcastle. Like, I don't imagine he he sits down with Eddie Howe and he'll be in awe of the man. And I'm sure Eddie Howe's a good salesman, but he's Eddie Howe. It's not like he's walking into a room with Jürgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola or Antonio Conte or one of these elite-level managers. It's Eddie Howe. So... I just don't see it. I don't see them getting Zabazla either for similar reasons. Like at the end of the day, they are Newcastle. And yes, they're in the Champions League, but why are they in the Champions League? Because we made a mess of our season. That's the reason they're in. We made a mess of our season. Otherwise they'd have finished fifth. They don't have the type of pull and people can bang the drum about money, money is becoming less important to players. Given the amount of movement we see, <clears throat> players are aware that they can go somewhere, stay three years and then move again. You're not committing to a club for the same length of time that you would have in the past. You're signing the same contracts, but you're not. nobody's guaranteed that they'll be there quite as long. Players are moving a bit more often now. So while Newcastle might be able to offer more wages, say, than us, I don't see any player, any player, turning us down to go there, even with them having Champions League. Because the fact of it is, they've only got it for one year. They're not guaranteed to have it the following season, or the season after that, or the season after that. So when a lad signs a five-year contract... They are going to look at the broader picture. Is this team guaranteed to be top five, top four for the next five years? And the answer is most times no. Outside of City, and it should be us, we should be the two teams that are guaranteed top four because of the quality, because of the managers. And if we could stop soiling ourselves, that would be the case. And we'd be leaving the rest to battle it out for the other two spots. Anyway, let's not get too caught up in Nicola Borella. Really good player. If he comes to England, I do think it will be to a club not called Newcastle. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's new role and the pitfalls of jumping to conclusions. Piece there written by Adam Beatty. Uh, how Liverpool's fixtures look with Europa, internationals and cup dates included. Okay. Uh, So there's an international break in September. There's an international break in October. There's an international break in November because, you know, they're all needed. Um, We'd have one Europa League match in September, as well as the Carabao Cup. We'd have two Europa League matches in October, two in November, and one in December. Now, obviously, the Carabao Cup, if we get past that first round, there'd be games... In each of those months, as well, the FA Cup third round is the weekend of the sixth or sixth to seventh of January. There is the quote unquote January break uh, between the Bournemouth games on the thirteenth and the Chelsea game on the thirty first. Europa League knock uh, Europe, Europa League playoffs first leg will be in February. The Carabao Cup final is set for Sunday, the 25th of February. Hopefully we can top our group and don't need to go through any of that playoffs nonsense. So we go straight into the round of 16 in the Europa League. And that would be March the 7th and 14th. There's another international break in March. The Europa League quarterfinals would then be April 11th and 18th. Semi-finals the 2nd and the ninth, and the final would be Wednesday the 22nd. The FA Cup final at the moment is set for the 25th of May. So it could be a busy season. could be a very busy season if we can have a good go in those cup competitions. Chelsea, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Villa then an international break. That's what we need to get through. Get through those first four games. I think we need to be coming out with 10 points from those first four games. I think we can afford one draw. We have to beat Chelsea or Newcastle away and win both of our home games, and then we can draw the other away game. Come back. Wolves, Europa League, West Ham, Carabao Cup, Spurs... (laughs) I think six points from those would be okay. Then you get Europa League, you get Brighton. In fact, I'll throw Brighton into that previous group. So Wolves, West Ham, Tottenham and Brighton in the league. I think you're wanting nine points from those. I think you're wanting nine. Then another international break. Then Everton... Forest, Luton, Brentford. I think 12 points is the only acceptable outcome there. Three of those games are at home and Luton's the away game and we should be beating all of them. And then we face City. That would be us on 31 points through those games up into that City game, which is the last league game of November. We need to start well this year. We cannot afford another bad start. We have to start really, really well. Um, moving on then. Oh yeah, good news. Mo could miss up to four games because of the AFCON. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, Defender completes League One transfer after 13 years at Liverpool. Charlie Hayes Green, who joined as an under sevens player, has left the club to join Bolton on a 12 month deal. He'll play for their B team and hope to earn a long term contract. He does have, there, there is an option for a second year that Bolton will have. So if he does well, they might just trigger that and then that will give him another year to earn a longer term deal. The best of luck to the kid. Um, he is a central defender who's Given his all for the club across the youth ranks. So, hope he goes on to have himself a good career. Liverpool fans embrace very tough festive schedule and spot usual May suspects. That would be having Wolves at home on the final day. Um, Milner to Brighton. Free transfer confirmed, thankfully. Um, Premier League clubs have agreed that Tragedy chanting should lead to criminal proceedings, which is a very positive step in the right direction. There's a piece here on when Klopp and Jörg Schmatke played against each other. There is a piece about Gabriel Viega and how he's changing agents or has changed agents. Liverpool star expects to complete move on July 1st as Barcelona joins 63 million transfers. I'll come back to that. That's the Media Digest. Alexis McAllister and Manu Coney in Darwin Nunes Chance dream Liverpool team for opening day. Inside story of Manu Kone and Catherine Turam as agents spotted and Liverpool transfer tipped. Well, yeah, hopefully we can get Catherine Turam done in the next couple of weeks. And it would be great then to add, to add Manu Coney as well. Uh, Kylian Mbappe's new teammate uh, at Lee. I don't want to read about him. He's meant to be a gobshite. Jörg Schmapke is already provide, proving key transfer quality to FSG as Liverpool could make millions. Um, okay, let's have a look here. Benjamin Pavard interest could be smoke screen for Liverpool transfer that suits FSG better. Well, let's have a look at these two. So how is Schmackia approving key transfer quality. Football is a business. That's the stark reality. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, he's renowned for loaning players out and seeing their values develop. Um, he won't be in charge of that. We have a loan manager and that will be somebody else's task to sort loans for those players. um, Benjamin Pavard interest could be smoke screen. Smoke screen for who? I was I was relieved to hear Neil Jones say that he didn't think Pavard was a real target. Okay, it's Julian Timber. Um he would fit better, he would make more sense. He'd also cost more, and that does seem to be the issue there, is that we don't seem to want to pay what they want for him. And rightly so, I think, because until we have the left side centre-back sorted, the right-back one can wait. Uh, So what is this dream team? Let's have a look. Not in a long time has the Liverpool team to start a season been such a mystery. There could very plausibly be a new midfield trio. Um... Okay, Alexis, Kefran, Manu. Up front, there's still plenty of questions. So, what will the team look like first day of the season? Trent, Fabinho. Nobody's written Fabinho off just yet. A lot of people have, and they're not completely out of line to do so. Right, so this is the, the dream Liverpool 11 start the season. Trent, Canate, Van Dyke. Robertson, Kone, Jones, McAllister, Salah, Nunez, Diaz. This is allegedly the ideal Liverpool starting eleven. Ideal. Okay. We'll just we'll just close that and move on. Um, oxlade Chamberlain tells friends new club. Football Insider is claiming that Ox has told friends his next destination will be Aston Villa. Um, This is from Wayne Vesey, not from David Lynch. And Wayne Vesey is... Oh, it's actually... It's not. I mean, it's worse. It's Peter Rourke. Spoofer. Absolute spoofer. Uh, Barcelona wants Liverpool target... Oh, it's Joe Pelina. So apparently Barca want Joe Pellinia. Barca don't have any money, so they can want everybody. They're unlikely to sign many. Um, we have lots of new stuff up on Anfieldindex.com. There is a piece about what David Lynch had to say on his latest podcast appearance. There's a piece about Cody Gakbo a piece about the midfield rebuilds, a piece about the fixtures. And then there's a piece that goes in line with a, I don't know if it's a rumour, it's a report, whatever it is, that Manchester City and ourselves could be looking at a certain player. Now, we are believed to have had long-term interest in this player, despite the fact that he's only 17, and that is Warren Zaire Emery the young midfielder from PSG who's seen by many as the best young midfield prospect in his age category and the two above in world football. So it's it's certainly one that would be interesting. He's a player who's always played well above his, um, his age group. I don't know how Premier League ready he would be. He's played some games for PSG and he hasn't looked out of place by any stretch. He played 31 games this past season at 17 which is a hell of an effort. Um, but the Premier League is obviously an enormous step up. What's his contract situation? He's contracted till 2025 so in truth it's unlikely that there's any truth in the story. It's probably just a journalist looking for clicks. So we'll just move on. Um, David Lynch, three transfers Liverpool can complete without difficulty. Let's see. So he commented on Manu Kone, Gabri Viega, Mickey Van Der Ven, and Kevran Turam. So he thinks Kone is an easy enough deal for the club to get done. Viega should be an easy enough deal as well. Mickey van And then Turam seems to be the one that's a little harder to get done. But that's largely down to the fact that Nice don't really want to sell him and don't have to sell him financially. But I think that deal gets done. I think that deal gets done and I think Koenig gets done. Anyway, moving on. Podcast-wise, there is a new scouted. uh, Myself and Carl answered some questions that were in the Discord. And we did some kind of hot semi-hot takes on all the Premier League clubs. Um there is a media matters with david lynch and dave davis and there is a transfer show with trev and dave davis so check all of those out and that's all i've got for today so i'll see you tomorrow bye bye
0: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sport Social Podcast Network.